What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Thursday, June 17th. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Gideon Resnick, and this is What a Day, the podcast Link plays on his ocarina in Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, that's just speculation, of course, but we think the new game will introduce both an ocarina (laughs) and the ability to play podcasts. Yeah, we're basing this on the best source that we have, Instinct. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the trailer, it seems like they're just trying to tell us about it. On today's show, some movement on voting rights legislation ahead of an expected initial vote next week. Plus, we'll have headlines. But first, the latest. I told President Putin my agenda is not against Russia or anyone else. It's for the American people. Fighting COVID-19, rebuilding our economy, reestablishing relationships around the world, our allies and friends, and protecting the American people. That is President Biden summing up his first one-on-one meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin in Geneva yesterday. It was one the world was watching because of all that was on the line. As to how Putin himself walked away from the meeting, here he is. The gist of what he's saying there from my own translation, he doesn't believe there was any hostility during the meeting and they both came together to lay groundwork on issues like cybersecurity. But I think there was more going on here. So Akila, let's break down what actually happened, starting with cyber attacks. Was there common ground there? I mean, a little bit. So they agreed to consultations. No one really knows what that means exactly. Uh, But as Ben Rhodes told us earlier this week, Russia agreeing to even the littlest thing on cybersecurity is a really big step. But Putin continued to deny that Russia was involved in recent cyber attacks targeting a major U.S. pipeline and a global meat processing company. Biden wasn't swayed by Putin's grandstanding about hacking and said, quote, I pointed out to him we have significant cyber capabilities. He doesn't know exactly what it is, but he knows it's significant. If, in fact, they violate these basic norms, we will respond, he knows, in a cyber way. (laughs) So, cyber threats out here. Yeah, he is going to clap back on Twitter. We also knew that Biden (laughs) was going to press Putin on the issues of democracy and human rights. So what came out of their meeting on that front? There, Biden got tougher and said that there would be, quote, devastating consequences if the jailed opposition leader Alexei Navalny were to die in prison. Putin dismissed those questions, though he didn't even say Alexei Navalny's name and redirected the convo to issues in the U.S. like the Black Lives Matter protests and the January 6th insurrection, which, you know, he's not wrong. America has its own problems. So, yeah. Uh, Overall, there weren't any major breakthroughs to speak of, but on that issue of cooling tensions, both of them claim their meeting was cordial. What are observers saying, though? So the Washington Post noted that Biden called the U.S. and Russia two great powers, which was noticeable because in the past, President Obama called Russia a, quote, regional power. Real Mm. big dig there. (laughs) Both leaders seem to be on their best behavior, with Putin saying that there were, quote, glimmers of trust. Again, what does that mean? You kind of trust something. That means you don't. Anyway, (laughs) Anyway, things may be less frosty in a negotiating with a dictator sort of way. 
So that was the big focus of the Biden administration on the international front. But of course, there was a lot happening domestically, too, namely more movement on critical voting rights legislation. So Gideon, take us through what went down. Oh, this was a doozy. Okay, so on the one hand, next week, the Senate has scheduled a vote on voting rights legislation. And for a while, the choice had appeared to be you can either try to get Republicans on board with something they have vocally said they hate or get rid of the filibuster and just pass the For the People Act, the more sweeping bill that's on the table with just Democratic support. Then yesterday, there was some added intrigue with our dear friend, Senator Joe Manchin. Mm. As a reminder, if people needed it, he has been (laughs) under massive pressure to join other Democrats to support the bill. And earlier this month, he wrote that op-ed about opposing it as it was written. Yeah, uh, he is not my favorite person, but uh, what's changed? (laughs) Okay, so basically Manchin puts out this memo that details what he's actually looking for in a bill like this, which had been a constant question from other Democrats in the Senate. They were saying, what do you actually want here? So here is what we know about what Manchin is talking about would work to get his vote. Uh, Manchin said first what he liked in this bill that can stay, provisions like creating at least two weeks of early voting and banning partisan gerrymandering. Some of that would actually be an antidote to some of the bills that we've talked about that are flying through Republican-led state legislatures at the moment. He also brought up making Election Day a public holiday and automatic voter registration via the DMV with the ability to opt out. Mm -hmm. But, pretty large one at that, at the same time, he also said that he is in favor of voter ID requirements and allowing for some wiggle room for how and when local officials can purge their voter rolls. Yeah, well, be more specific, (laughs) Joe. Anyway, (laughs) all right, what was the reception to all of this among the Democrats? Okay, so it's a mixed bag. Uh, In an interview with Politico, House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn called the memo from Manchin a, quote, great first step, although Representative Mondaire Jones also told Politico, quote, I want him to understand that voter ID laws disproportionately exclude people of color from the franchise, and civil rights groups will tell him as much. Manchin is pretty likely to get strong pushback on that part, even though he has talked about a, quote, allowable alternative, like bringing a utility bill, for instance, to the polls. Yeah, so if you live with several other people and you're renting and your name's not on that bill, I don't know what you're going to do. But Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't been in the Senate for a million years like some of these folks. But (laughs) isn't the question still, like, how would you get the support of 10 Republicans to break a filibuster even for something that is a watered-down version? Yeah, I mean, that is the exact question. And, you know, on the filibuster part, we got another look at Manchin's position yesterday via this leaked call that he had with donors that was obtained by The Intercept We can link to that so people can hear the full thing. But basically, he said to these donors that he needed help flipping some Republicans to vote for the January 6th commission in order to take away an argument that the, quote, far left has for eliminating the filibuster, i.e., he would try to prove that there's bipartisanship by having Republicans agree to a commission that would investigate a day that they were attacked. That's so naive. Yep. Uh, And. At one point during this, he seemed to even suggest that Republican Roy Blunt could be persuaded to vote yes by being offered a job when he retires. So come on, they're bribing them. (laughs) Yeah, basically, that's what it sounded like. So crazy, crazy stuff in there. Uh, You know, as to where this all goes in the Senate, the Post reported that it's not clear if Majority Leader Schumer is actually going to try to reach some agreement with Manchin or not before moving forward here. But Schumer did say recently, quote, The idea that this can have some kind of bipartisan solution befuddles me because every action taken in the legislature is done just with Republican state senators, Republican assembly members with no Democratic participation or input. So 
He's not thinking the B word bipartisanship is going to be a thing. We'll follow the bills all of next week when we'll also have Crooked's political director, Shaniqua McClendon, here to break it down for us. But that's the latest for now. It's Thursday Wad Squad, and today we're doing a new segment where we run down some stories that were almost too edgy for our relatively edgy show. Mm. Uh, the segment is called No Parents because the stories are R-rated, so if you're a parent <laughs> who's going to respond to them by calling our moms or naming and shaming us on next door, I suggest you skip the segment and instead go to Sherwin-Williams to price shop for paints for the dining room. <laughs> cool parents can use your discretion. This is No Parents. It was raining meds in New York earlier this month when a drug dealer threw a trash bag containing 19 pounds of marijuana off an apartment roof after his buyers tried to rob him. Sad for the guy, but exciting for three pedestrians who experienced the event as free drugs falling from the sky. They grabbed handfuls (laughs) and ran away. If any parents are listening, we're still in the no parent zone. Okay, please fast forward or go to the nearest Lowe's and throw tantrums in the self-checkout area until this segment's over. A cat was born with no butthole in Toronto. This condition is very dangerous and obviously not fun, but the happily ever after is that the kitten was successfully treated by veterinary surgeons last week, thanks to cat lovers who raised thousands of dollars to foot the bill. Parents, even if you thought that story was cute and not exactly (laughs) R-rated, the next one could be so bad it makes you move your children to a different school district. Please hit fast forward and we'll catch up with you all in the pillow aisle at a Home Goods. Production shut down on an NBC show called Ultimate Slip Inside earlier this month due to a Giardia outbreak affecting up to 40 crew members. Giardia can cause terrible GI symptoms, the ones you would guess, which affect the mouth and butt. (laughs) It spreads easily in water, so it's no mystery how it could derail a show centered around a 65-foot-tall water slide. All right. All parents can come back now because we're leaving the no-parent zone. We'll be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? 
This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. The Department of Education announced yesterday that Title IX prohibits discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Title IX is a landmark law that bans sex-based discrimination in federally funded schools. The Trump administration previously decided that trans students were not entitled to protections under this law, but yesterday's guidance completely overturns that. In a press release, the department said the new guidance was based on the Supreme Court ruling last year, which establishes that federal civil rights law protects queer and trans workers. Some advocates are kind of skeptical as to whether or not this new interpretation will change the minds of local officials that seek to pass more anti-trans bills. But the administration ensures that schools receiving federal funds will be punished if they discriminate against trans students. That's what's up. A federal appeals court ruled yesterday that North Carolina's ban on abortions after 20 weeks of pregnancy is unconstitutional. The ban was originally passed in 1973, which is the same year the Supreme Court issued its ruling on Roe v. Wade, making abortion a constitutional right. Since then, state lawmakers have kept the law, arguing that it is largely symbolic because no abortion providers were prosecuted under this law. The federal court's latest ruling reflected that it was not just symbolic and that the state's argument was totally not reasonable. The law has been blocked since it was struck down by a district court judge in 2015. The ruling comes as the Supreme Court recently agreed to hear a challenge to a Mississippi abortion law, and we'll be following up with that hearing in a later episode. Next month's Tokyo Olympics is shaping up to be the least fun of all time, with a metric ton of COVID rules for athletes and consequences that include disqualification and deportation for people who break them. Oh, my gosh. An International Olympic Committee playbook distributed this Tuesday contains all the guidelines that we've come to expect for pandemic era contests, daily testing, social distancing and masks. But it also has some more creative ones like a requirement, for instance, that participants not speak to drivers when riding in official Olympics vehicles. A that personal, would be so hard for you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, a personal issue for me. I'm a friend to all. The Olympic Village is known <laughs> to be one of the most romantic places on Earth, and the organizers of this year's event will distribute about 150,000 condoms to athletes. But a spokesperson told Reuters the condoms are not for use in the village, since that would violate social distancing. They are for taking back to athletes' home countries. No way. Or maybe protecting athletes' self. <laughs> phones if their event involves swimming. Of course, over 10,000 athletes will be in Tokyo, along with nearly 80,000 journalists, officials, and staff, so extreme precautions are warranted. 
Even holding the Olympics was opposed by most of Japan until recently, but as the country's vaccination campaign has ramped up, opposition has waned. Happy early Father's Day to a wolf in Colorado who recently <laughs> became the parent of the first litter of gray wolf pups to be seen in the state since the 1940s. Oh. Gray wolves used to live all over the country, but were nearly hunted to extinction. That's a real sad one. Uh, conservation mm-hmm. efforts reintroduced them to Wyoming and central Idaho beginning in the 1990s, but they've only started popping up in Colorado in the past two years. This particular wolf and his co-parent have had the attention of Colorado wildlife officials for a while. The officials believed both wolves to be male. Then they saw the pups, spent a long night with their advanced wolf textbooks, and realized that they were wrong. Last year, Colorado voters approved a measure to reintroduce gray wolves in the state by the end of 2023, so hopefully this litter is the first of many. I'm doing my part in California by raising a wolf at home. Only he is shy and frozen in baby form, and his wolf credentials are a subject of dispute in the animal science community. Yeah, we have to get that fixed ASAP. Yeah, I I trust Fauci. He knows what he's talking about, and those are the headlines. (laughs) That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, be a parent to a wolf pup, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just Olympic rules about who's off limits for talking <laughs> like me, What A Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out. Subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and look, look out. out. It's, it's weed rating. <laughs> it is, uh, you know, sativa with a chance of more indica. Mm-hmm. Cloudy. Some indica in the forecast. Be careful out there. <laughs> what a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun and Jazzy Marine are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran, Akila Hughes, and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. I'm Jessica Reeves, and I've been analyzing and reporting on extremism for the last 10 years, and I have the gray hair to prove it. Subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, for an always eye-opening look inside the daily work of exposing, fighting, and disrupting all facets of extremism. My co-host, Oren Siegel, and I explore this ever-changing landscape and bring you stories of people and places impacted by extremism, those who fight to protect our communities, and those who offer new perspectives. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts.